Hi everyone and welcome to our second episode. Uh, we have some exciting news this week. We have finally settled on our name for our podcast. We had a couple of ideas. Um, we went back and forth, got some feedback from our community, uh, checked you know, availabilities and things and we finally settled on the name A Table at the Back and this is going to be a podcast about UX, CX, comms and the mum biz life balance. So that's very cool. Uh, And this week I am excited because I got to interview Laura on some of the fundamentals and basics of UX writing, in particular um, UX writing as a freelancer. Uh, So we've gone through a couple of different things and, you know, hopefully if you are just on the path to becoming a UX writer or you'd like to break into the industry, you will find this episode very useful. Without further ado, uh, here is our little chat. What have you been up to this week? (laughs) What have I been up to this week? Oh, man, just ironing out um ironing out a lot of fun things so that we can finally launch this app so getting everything to the developers so they can connect everything up make sure the right copy is in there make sure everything is functioning we're doing some user testing at the moment which i need to get in touch with you let me know i can help (laughs) yes exactly so um but yeah that has really been the main focus of this week's so has been yeah. really head down are you up. using a like a developer out? company or just like freelancers um no we yeah, are cool. using a company at the moment yeah and uh they've been they've been yeah they've been really good i haven't had as much to do with them as i have at yeah yeah previous jobs <laughs> someone else is handling that so that's kind of nice know, like, yeah you get just sweet. do the copy i guess yeah, so that's nice. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? What have you, what ooh, have you been up? You've got some yeah, on the personal news. Yeah, we started, well, I didn't. My daughter started daycare this week, uh, just one day a week, um, which I felt it was. What a milestone. It was. I was a little bit teary, um, not going to lie. Yeah. But we did like a couple of practice runs. Um, and the place that she's at, we're trying to call it play school. Um, well, that's me because my oh, friend actually cool. told me about it because she's like, you know, more than anyone, the power of language and, you know, daycare's got kind of like a institutionalized feel to it. So we're going play school because really that's all it is. She's one. Like it's just playing yeah. with other babies and she gets cuddled to sleep and like oh. she just had the best time ever and they actually got her to sleep, which was my biggest concern because <clears throat> she's like very yeah. – um, Mummy's the only one usually who can get her to sleep. Yeah. Um, these yes. magic things called boobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, can I say that? I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it worked out really well and that kind of coincides with this big project I'm working on. It's only two weeks in and I'm really loving it. I hope they feel the same. I think they do. I ask them, like, a lot. I'm really needy like that when I work with <laughs> clients. <laughs> I ask for feedback all the time. I'm just like, is this going as well as, you know, I think it is? (laughs) Because sometimes you're in a bubble. Oh, I thought you meant like you you go, 
do you like this as oh, much as well, I like? Well, yeah, kind of. I was like, I'm having a really fun time, are you? Because <laughs> it's hard when you're remote. You don't really, you're not in there, so you can't really see them all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good just having some breathing space to work on that and, um, yeah. And naturally I would say, so who you're working with, but I know that you are not um, able to Yeah, I'm not sure if I can just yet just because it's really early days and I did sign a mutual non-disclosure agreement so there's that um and like I didn't realize but there's some heavy like IP stuff which is like really cool that I get to see it but yeah um so once I kind of figure it out a little bit more um yeah yeah, and I got my hair done today well I yeah yeah you can I think it's cool. But what's even cooler is that <laughs> I got to get my hair done this afternoon. It's been like four months and it was oh. so good. Oh, that is, that is one of the – It's one of the yeah. small joys. Yeah. <laughs> Those moments. Yeah. And they made me a GMT oh. and it was like 2 p.m. and I was just like, YOLO. <laughs> I will have one. And it was in this like big goblet and I was just loving my life. Sick. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is awesome. But I guess this is okay. I guess this is a kind of a good segue into what we are yeah. talking about this week, which is your yes. writing and um and your specialty. And um, oh, let's start with what is UX writing? Because I feel like you know, even with copywriting, there's still a lot of um a lot of questions out there like oh what exactly is copyright? Mm. What copywriters do but I think even more so UX writing is quite new especially here in Australia it's not it, it, it's um it's a bit of a rare discipline yeah, for the for the moment <laughs> so, anyway yeah I'm sure yeah. yeah 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 um yeah well I feel weird answering this question to you because like you're the one who really taught me about it oh. um or it opened my eyes to it at least but the thing is, like, there's probably a million different explanations for what it is too um, because it's so new and because it's kind of, uh, I don't know, until you're actually doing it, you're kind of like, oh, that's easy kind of thing. But until you actually get in the thick of it, you're like, oh, okay, wow, that's what it is. Because, um, yeah. you know, online people call it a lot of different things and then there are different disciplines that get confused for UX writing, like, you know, content strategy, content designer, like there's all yep. that as well, which comes a lot from where in the world you are as well, I guess, that like America call things differently as well. Um, yeah, that's true. Mm. I have noticed that. Whereas they are different, like content strategy, which I'm learning because I'm doing a bit of that now in the project, is very different. Like you're, you're kind of categorising content <laughs> and finding gaps and filling them, um, not to be confused with content marketing, uh, which is marketing. Um, yes. but this is more, you know, like digital <laughs> assets. Anyway, that was a tangent. Um, but yeah, for me, I guess <laughs> the definition would lie yes. somewhere between making a product easy to use for customers. So like an app or a website, um, desktop app, whatever, and supporting the business goals and strategy, i.e. like making money, um, <laughs> And getting users through the <laughs> yeah. door and that kind of thing um, through words. So it's, yes. yeah, taking the customers through a journey, I reckon, working really closely with designers, developers, uh, business analysts, um, customer service teams, marketing, product, 
they usually like UX writers usually would sit in a product team, depending on how big the team is, though. Yes. yes. Okay. This this was going to be one of my main questions of you know where where you found that UX writers usually yeah where they usually sit and who sort of overlooks and you mm. know liaises with them to to sort of manage well, that. So I suppose like you know you and I were where we worked together, it was kind yeah. of under marketing. Um, yeah, but I, I think was. that was because. It, in retrospect, if you look at it, uh, everything yeah, yeah. sat under marketing because the people because the people that sat in the marketing team with the people well, they were driving the business the really, yeah, yeah. So it was yes, and I think my experience in other places has been that that's not no. quite like that. Marketing sort of sits quite separate to yeah to product and 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 and, and at the end, I think so, they yeah. were forming more of a product team as well. So. And that the UX writing yes, capabilities, but I think because I was in the lead writer role at the end, um, it did look after everything, like including marketing uh, copy as well. So it kind it made sense when yeah. you weren't making too many changes to the product or the app um, that you would sit in marketing because most of the workload was in marketing anyway. But um, yeah, so I found that uh, working freelance. Um, the project I'm in now, for example, I'm part of the product team. Um, so, yeah, I have little, very little to do with marketing. I've, I had a couple of meetings with them early on um, and they, it might come up again later, but uh, for, for the moment it's solely product and CX team. Um, so that's uh, offshore-based um, like ground staff kind of thing. Is that the word? Um, the market is yeah. based in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, the manager's based in Sydney. And um, previously to that, I would be working with the founder. It was like a very, very new startup um, and he was working with an app company to develop and design um, and then just me doing okay. the copy. So, um yeah, that was very small. And then another one was with the UX designer was my primary contact. I had very little to do with anyone else. I think legal was another, was the other people I had to deal with, um, which was fine. But yeah, so yeah. it really depends on how big the company is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and like, what do you what do you find is usually the process? Is there, I mean, it's a bit different, I guess, when you're in-house and when you're freelancing. So from where you are now, what, um, do you find any differences or is it, is it kind of the same in terms of like what your yeah, process is Yeah, it depends on who I'm working with. So if it's a bigger team, I kind of, I market myself to just slot into the team. So it's kind of like I work, I'm an employee, um, but I'm a contractor kind of thing. Um, but if it's a smaller one, like the project I worked on with just the founder, um, I do it more like my other copywriting projects or web copy projects, whereas I would kind of drive the whole process with um, creating a brand messaging tone of voice guide, doing user research. Um, so that would include like, you know, data mining online or um, depending on their budget and that kind of thing, what they what they need because if they have no customers yet it's it can be hard but if they have customers then I will 
do like a survey a user survey and um, user interviews Um, that's for web copy and then I could you know depending if they have Hotjar a lot of the time they don't have heat maps on their sites Um, yeah yeah so so I guess would you go in and kind of suggest um, tools yeah I always do that because I think it's I mean, they don't know if they're not in this world, they don't know that there are things that they can monitor themselves um, or down the track if they need to tweak yeah. anything like that will be so helpful if they ever work with a copywriter again, if they ever work with me again. Um, and, yeah, I think I think they like seeing. And are they usually, sorry, are they usually receptive to, to have you found like in your experience have people usually been receptive to, go oh yeah actually that's a good idea let me put that in I've actually never had anyone bulk at the research phase which I know is quite rare I think yeah that's amazing that's great the other day like a lot of copywriters are like oh I I can't justify the spend on research and I've never come across that which has been really really good I think they know the value um especially the customer interviews um which, yeah, I really yes. enjoy doing them as long as I can find the time uh, around the kid. But um, it's really good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and... Sorry, you go. But, no, sorry. I was going to say, well, from the other side, um, like from the side that would, you know, be looking for someone, looking mm. to hire someone like that, I mean, I know that I, I would be concerned if I – you know, was looking for a freelancer or some, you know, a contractor or something. And I sort of said, okay, I need this job done. And they didn't ask me for any customer research or any kind of, I would be really concerned. Like that would be red flag yeah. number one for me. But perhaps that's because I come from a comms background. So, you know, but yeah, so, so I'm thinking maybe, maybe you're, um, you're good at picking the businesses that you I like to with, think so perhaps? I've had like <laughs> I've had amazing <laughs> clients like I know everyone says that but I really have I've not maybe one or two times in the two and a half years of being freelance I've maybe thought or oh, yeah they weren't for me um but I think right. now I've kind of got a good vetting process um and I luckily okay. I'm very grateful that I can kind of pick and choose what works but the other thing that like yeah. really sells them on working with someone like me, I guess, is the tone of voice and brand messaging guide too. Um, they're probably it's probably just as valuable yes. as the research I've found. Um, yeah, because they don't. Yeah, like I always talk to them. I won't do a project anymore unless it's you know a, a well established company that already have this work done. But I I won't do a website um, copy project anymore without a doing the um, brand messaging and tone of voice guide because I just find them so valuable for me if I'm writing the copy anyway and then they can reuse it with other contractors or if they hire someone to do marketing down the track um yeah absolutely I mean that yeah that makes total sense I mean whether they work with you or whether they like you said whether they hire someone or whether you know perhaps it's a small team with maybe people who could do it but they, you know, haven't had the time and just having something like a style guide is so helpful that I'll be able to sit down and pump some stuff out which, you know, like there's an email campaign or something and you're not really going to bother hiring someone just for one email campaign or whatever but it's just so useful. 
That's yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so yeah, yeah, and then we get to the writing using, and then I'll use both those things to inform the copy. So, like, I'm not just what my friend Kirsty calls it like, was it like farting into the breeze or something like that? I don't know. She says some weird things sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Kirsty. I know she'll listen to. (laughs) And Amy, we can't leave her out. (laughs) No, I like. This like awesome three musketeers, no, and I'm just like on the side going, oh, well, <laughs> no one in on that crowd. What a great little girl gang. Um, yeah, okay, all right. So, so I guess, um, but, well, do you okay? I know that you've mentioned that you worked with like a really small team where yeah. there was just a founder, and but like in your experience, when do you think a business is ready to hire a UX writer? Is that like <laughs> any business is ready at any time or well, is it like what it's yeah what's, what's it's hard because about? um like you'd think that they would need some funding behind them which typically they do like we're not cheap us UX writers <laughs> no. Um, and no no but the work you do is it, it's massive yeah it's like so it is nice to like, have a lot of them so I think that they can be put off by thinking that like well, why would I spend that when they don't even have a customer yet um, if they are, you know, creating an app or something like that? Um, but as I think the biggest point is that you just need someone dedicated to the copy, whether it's the founder or whether it's, you know, the the CMO, like what you're doing. You're, you don't have a big team yet. Um, and But as long as someone's no, looking out no. for the words and leaving, uh, creating a product from you know, content first approach. So that's not to discount design whatsoever because I think design is amazing and so important because I am so (laughs) bad at it. But like a UX designer is so, so important. Um, But if you're not leading with content, then what are you designing for? Um, So you just need someone dedicated to the words. Um, And if you can invest in a developer, a designer, and you do the words, then that's great. Um, but it just can't be forgotten and it can't be thrown yeah. in last minute because it that's where mistakes ma- are made and you're going to go back and it's going to cost you even more money because you're going to find gaps um, when you actually go to user testing and stuff like that um, if people aren't, can't understand the design. Yeah, absolutely. And look, not even, I mean, I, aside from, okay, that's my background, but I can vouch for how important it is. Like where I am now, I've been part of, I mean, I came in originally to look after the words and stuff, even before I was officially part of this team. And yeah. And, and so it's been, you know, it hasn't been six months. It's actually been 18 months when I look back. Um, But what I was going to say was, you know, we have done that copy again and again and again and it hasn't just been you know I mean we had somebody looking after the comms from the beginning and we've still Mm. needed to change it and we've still needed to iterate and we've still needed so when I think to projects that get done with without a writer and then uh, you know they they bring a a comms person or a writer in at the end and go Mm -hmm. okay now we need some words like there is no way there is no way that you Mm -hmm. can fix that thing for it 
to be as good as it could have been if you'd had yeah because what if the, the you know if I came in the last minute and I said well this isn't making this isn't making sense we need to go back and change this then I'm going to offend the client or they're going to be like no this is going to be too yeah. costly this isn't what we want you to do just just fix up the words or just throw some words in it's not hard but you know <laughs> it is yeah and that and those are the conversations mm. that mm-hmm. happen unfortunately which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, so, a a business like has to have some kind of funding and probably some kind of awareness of the importance. Yeah, of the I think so. Luckily, like most of my clients have come through referrals, so obviously people are talking about the need for this, and like it is important and it is um, a big part of creating a product. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things like. If obviously they have funding if, if they're creating an app and they can pay for developers who also are not cheap and designers who aren't cheap. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, that whole team, which is, again, back to your point about, you know, you come in and you say, well, we need this and this and this change and, like, it's too costly. Of course it's too costly. It's costly because you didn't get the, the, the yeah, writing yeah, person in at the sure. beginning. Yeah, but um, I think the best yeah, okay. the best thing for like a writer if they are joining in is to collaborate closely with the designer more than anyone. Like I, from my perspective, okay. if you can partner up with a designer and have a good relationship, um, that's when you get the best end product. In my in my perspective. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, look, that's yeah. been my experience as well, and if. There is anybody out there that's like, no, I have a difference of opinion. Yeah. Like, I would love to hear it. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely been been my experience too. I actually uh, spoke to um, oh, friend Jesse recently. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's good. I miss Jesse. Good Jessie's designers. Awesome. Some easy to work with. Yeah. And funny, <laughs> hilarious. Human yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay, um, and – you know, now that you are a couple of years, well, a couple of years in-house, a couple of years so after that. I still feel so new though. Like I still feel like I'm not, I can't talk about it like with enough confidence. <laughs> but that is because you are a life Aww. learner. That's why. Because you're a life learner. You're a perpetual learner. And so so you will never feel completely like you've got something because that's just too. But you know when you like when you think you've got a hold of it and you're doing it and no one's ever given you any, um, I don't know, reason to not believe in yourself really. But then you see someone else doing something, yeah. you're like, why didn't I think of that? That's so like, that's so cool. I should know that. It's so weird. <laughs> but, but also like there is actually no. There's not really any schools for this no not, there's, not a, there's a couple know, of um we should get them on as sponsors there's a couple of online like courses now <laughs> which are cool we can if people are interested please message us so I've talked to a couple who run them um they do fundamentals but they've just launched a couple of like um advanced ones I'll send you the link um see what you think I don't know okay no, that's awesome. Okay, so apart from maybe starting with yeah 
studying there with, with those courses and stuff, like do you have any tips or anything for people who like maybe want to break into UX writing? Yeah, well, taken unfortunately they don't teach this stuff at uni. Um, <laughs> I had to do a journalism degree and then go the long way. But um, I, <laughs> the way I learnt was just to kind of be thrown in the deep end and I am so grateful for that. I think that is the only way to learn is to just start doing the work um, and then reading the books. I don't know. From my point of view, I think there's Slack groups you can join. Um, I'm in one that's called Content and UX. Um, and it's just people like riffing basically about current problems. Um, hey, guys, do you have a tool for this? I'm trying to do this. And you just kind of learn from osmosis, I think, oh. from reading that kind of stuff and you get a broader perspective. Yeah. Um, one thing I've seen that's been cool is um, people asking to join projects and you can do that on Slack as well, ask to join projects for free and just see how things are run, um, offer your assistance depending on what your background is um, but seeing the whole process from start to finish. Um, but a really easy way if you don't want to do that is okay. to just rewrite some of your apps on your phone Um they can all be improved, like even <laughs> Facebook and people who've been around forever, um, apps that have been around forever, you can totally make them sound different or better or give them a different tone of voice. Um, yeah, yeah, give it a different personality and just rewrite it. Um, but, yeah, then I would start reading the books and supplement that with online courses. I think Udemy has, like, heaps of UX courses just to get the, the basics of, um, UX design down pat okay. and then apply that to content because you are you're designing with content really um yeah and do you think it's helpful to to do some sort of super super basic um UX design courses mm. as well, like say Udemy you know they often have quite affordable courses just so you can sort of understand how the designers work yes. and how you can then sort of yeah fit I actually in with did them. one and that was after I like I've worked with designers and I know how the process works and I enjoy it, but I did one as well. Um, I think it was just last year and it was like 20 bucks. Like it was so affordable. Um, Joe Natalie yeah. is the guy who runs a lot of them. Um, and he's, I've, I've oh, got him on LinkedIn. He's, he's like, cool. isn't he like the world's most famous UX so. designer dude? Yes, yes. The one with the goatee? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's really yeah. nice. He's written back to me on um, LinkedIn and I was, like, fangirled a little bit. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. I follow. I mean, I follow him on LinkedIn. I haven't spoken to him, but but he just seems, he seems yeah, down and, to earth and, like, And such an advocate for UX <laughs> in any way, shape or form. So I think, yeah, any yeah. of his courses are really good just as, like, a foundation knowledge. Um, and the easier you are to work with, the easier the whole project goes, if you know what I mean. Like the easier you're to, you are to work with from a designer's <laughs> point of view. It's just, it's so yes. good. <laughs> yes. But now we're going into like self, um, what's it called? <laughs> like not knowing oh. yourself and, you know, being able to go, oh, yeah, yeah, more kissy. I don't know if that's the word. I just like <laughs> yeah. saying that word. That's a whole other. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. No, that's that's. Yeah, I was going to say books? we should Anybody finish with the should... books one. Oh, oh no, sorry, what you're reading this week? <laughs> but actually, I am not reading any UX books this week. Um, but books that you could read. Um, I've read uh, Simple and Usable. I really like that. 
it's very easy to read it's very visual um yeah I liked it uh don't make me think I think that's Krug yeah it's a classic classic. um content strategy for the web by Christina Halvorsen um is good for websites okay mostly um but yeah I and the rest I just read medium articles I freaking love medium (laughs) you learn so much and way different like points of view different countries walks of life like yeah you get kind of the whole the whole big picture yeah we should I mean we don't really have a website but we have like a section on show notes where we could add in (laughs) where like I'll add in some of this stuff that yeah that we've mentioned but maybe if if there's like a a good medium feed or something maybe send me that as well I'll pop it in yeah you explain it okay you would have I think it's it's pretty (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. oh I was just yeah it's so you become so limited with the ability to um consume information when you're trying to balance mum life and biz life and running it you know running a thing and doing projects and stuff and um I'm going to give a really quick shout out uh, to Luke Chapman and um and oh Lachlan Kirkwood so they've launched a podcast this week called Deep Dive Digital I think and um and it just because like we launched our podcast and I'm so excited I was so and I was just so excited and from what I can understand they've been waiting to do it for ages too and and I messaged Luke and I was like me and my friend have done the same thing we've been waiting to do so anyway so I just thought I'd say that now because it's really worth listening is it about deep work or deep all things no it's about things in digital and they are planning to go deeper into you know not just sort of high level stuff but um on that first podcast, they go into, um, I think Lachlan ran a Snapchat uh, campaign oh, and he cool. sort of broke that down and they broke down some Facebook stuff and some Google stuff. And it was just half an hour of thank you for digesting everything I need oh, to know that for is me. Good. It was yeah, it gets hard. I remember the good old days yeah. when you'd just be working for the man and you could just have a million tabs open and read at your leisure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I just don't read. This looks interesting. Open. I'll never read that. (laughs) And then it sits there open until your computer crashes, and then you're like, "Oh well, I didn't read it." And life goes on, so it can't have been that important. I'm not looking for it. (laughs) That is my life. (laughs) But are you reading anything? I I am not. I am in between books at the moment. <laughs> so I, in I between relationships. Contagious. In between relationships. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're in between. When you're in between, I, and I mostly read business books now, yeah. only because I don't have time. So, so when I do have time, it's like oh, I'm going to read a business book. But I did just finish recently. Uh, Contagious. Finally, I, I where have I heard that? I before? love that book. It is so. Have I heard of that before? Hey. Yeah, Jay oh. used to, like, I think that's okay. his favourite ever, maybe. Maybe not his favourite, but but it's all about how ideas yes. catch on and why they catch on and how things go legitimately viral, not like a one-off, not you know, but ha- how to actually. And it's fantastic. It's just really, he- it's really heavy. That sounds weird, but there's just, it, it's just packed with so many examples and so many um, learnings and 
a, mm. like a lot of theory and experiments and stuff. So it just took me a long time to get through it because I kind of had to read it in patches and couldn't sit down. And was, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to read it again, but it is excellent. It is excellent. It's underlined and oh, highlighted. I'll have, a, I'll have to get a proper like <laughs> hard copy version. Yes. Oh, it, it's one of those books that's worth mm. having a hard oh, copy Oh, cool. Version. I have to, that's a good one. Everyone write that down. Because yeah. if you know, like, our old yeah. SJ, if he read it, like, it, chances are it's pretty good. He bought me yeah. my copy of um, Cialdini's Influence. Ah. Uh, yeah. A few yes. years ago. So, yeah. Um, what am I? I finished. So I usually have one fiction and one nonfiction going Um because I use Audible as well. So I have one hard copy book and then one oh, Audible. Right. Um, and I've just finished Eggshell Skull on Audible by Bree Lee. It's about the Queensland judicial system and she kind of went through as a judge's associate. It has a lot of like, um, uh, you know, sexual abuse cases, that kind of thing. It's very interesting um, right. to hear things from that point of view. But I'm currently reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Um, which I love, like, I love the Obamas and I think Barack is like a babe, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) it's very interesting. She's like, she's a feminist and she's just the coolest, like, you know, she's just trying to do the right thing by her family, um, but also her career, like she's very strong-willed career woman and she actually doesn't want him to enter politics um, and it's just, it's pretty funny because, like, obviously he does. <laughs> and yeah, then the other yeah, book yeah, I'm yeah. reading is Nine Perfect Strangers in Hard Copy by Leanne Moriarty. I've read all her other books. It's not as good as the others, but I'm still going to finish it because I'm not a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know, I used to be like that. I used to be, you know, and I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'm really struggling to get through this. But... And now. If it doesn't grip you I in can't... the first five pages, <laughs> toss it. Oh, no, no, not if, no, not if it, I do get through a couple of chapters, but if I'm struggling by, you know, chapter, whatever, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, my mum's like that it. too. She's like, I'm not wasting precious book reading time. <laughs> like, but she's yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah. I think it was her that's like 10 pages and if it doesn't grip her, she's like, throws oh. it on the fire. <laughs> No, no, I give it more of a chance than that. Mostly because I'm yes. trying to set a good example because we oh, have readers so at home. Um, yes, when um, my son brings home readers. So sometimes, you know, sometimes the books are, I just wonder why they are in the uh, grade oh, really? two reader pack because they are, you know, it's like the oh. colonisation of Australia and stuff. It's, really, it's just really, really dry and boring and I sort of, try and encourage him to at least get through a bit of it. But if we're, I said to his teacher the other day, if we are both struggling, I'm, I'm telling yeah. him to put that book back and get another one because we should not be struggling. He needs to learn to love reading. And if we're struggling, that's just and like, that's I, just, just I feel like that us. story and, is pretty heavy for a seven-year-old. Like maybe that's better in oh. story form than a book. Oh, and I don't need him to... At this stage, I mean, he's he's a really good reader. He's sort of way ab- mm. above where he should be, but but I don't I, I don't need him to be able to read words. I need to, I need the comprehension yes. thing to be you know, and something like that. I don't that I mean, it's hard for me. He's, he's the one actually that does a mishmash of books. Hey, that 
So that's where I got it from. Yes, yes, got, he does. I got one fiction, one nonfiction yeah. from Franca's son, Neo. <laughs> from my seven-year-old yeah no he does he and and I don't I have not read like that in the past and he would have three books going at like different parts of the house and and it used to drive me crazy until I realized that he that's just how he reads legend and it's (laughs) (laughs) and there you have it hopefully you found that useful if you have any questions for laura you can email her directly her email address is hello at lauraluck.com.au if you have any questions for me email me directly Uh, my email address is branka b-r-a-n-k-a at gigsuper.com.au and uh, of course if you have any feedback we'd love to hear it Um, other than that until next time we'll chat to you guys soon Bye.